a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back Rebels and Imperials to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. I am joined today not by Matt and Liz, who you'll be hearing in just a couple of days on our next episode, but today a special episode with my friend Greg Matasevich. Greg is a podcaster uh, who looms large in the Multiversity Podcast Network. He is the co-host of Robots from Tomorrow. He is one of the most thoughtful and conscientious and friendly people I've ever met in my life. He's a good dude. Hi, Greg. Hi. Aww. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Uh, and I am particularly, I'm always thrilled to be here, but I am particularly thrilled uh, today because what we're going to talk about is something um, that I'm super, super pumped uh, to talk about. So l- let me set the stage for this. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, was it Sunday you texted me? Uh, maybe. And they were Monday. Like, Within the last couple of days, whatever it was, I, I was I was knee deep in work, and I was in that mode where you know you're doing something, and maybe you've been struggling with it, and you finally crack what you're trying to do, and so you get like manic for a minute there, right? And you're like you're in it, yeah. and I'm in it, and I saw text, so I didn't even see what it was from, and I was like, I'm not gonna answer the text right now, and then <laughs> I gla- but then my phone does a thing where every after two minutes it shows you the text again. And I happened mm-hmm. to see it, and Greg asked me a question about Star Wars that I had never considered, and I was like, I gotta answer this right now. <laughs> like, we're gonna be damned. And so I cut off the workflow, <laughs> and I decided it was time to just answer this question. Um, and and it, it prompted us to get talking about a few things. And so tonight we're gonna talk about not just, um, you know, Star Wars fan edits which is a thing we've done on the show before you know we just watched the blackened mantle recently but greg has a a a star wars edit he's thinking about doing and so we're just gonna talk about sort of the 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 concept of fan edits and then sort of use greg's pitch as as a way to discuss them a little bit further so let me start with this question for you greg when what was the first fan edited film that you either saw or were made aware of? The first edit I saw, it would have been, it would have been many years ago. Uh, it would either be the Phantom Edit, uh, which was a, uh, you know, which was a fan, uh, which was a Phantom Edit, uh, which is a fan edit of uh, the Phantom Menace, or it would have been Star Wars Revisited, which was a fan edit of A New Hope, that was essentially the special editions done right. Um, so it's you know took the uh, it took a new hope, um, took out some of the uh, sort of egregious uh, things that had kind of you know filtered in over the years, cleaned stuff up, um, and uh, made. Um, I wouldn't say corrections, but smoothed out things like all of the lightsabers all look consistent with how they would look now or something like for the attack on the Death Star. So the Death Star is obviously rotating or is is swooping around Yavin, I guess, is the big planet. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Yavin 4 is the, the whatever um, <laughs> this big red like this big red planet. 
and uh, so for the um, the attack on the Death Star in some of the back or in the back of some of the X-wing uh, cockpits, because of course it's it's got windows sort of all around them. Occasionally, depending on whether it's proper or not, you'll see a, a, a sliver of that planet to give you a better. It's just kind of a, almost a subconscious better feel of like geography and stuff like from the big things to little things like that. Um, it really is kind of the go-to, um, kind of the go-to version of that movie. Um, for me, if I don't do the despecialized editions, which are another fan edit, uh, that we will talk about, I'm sure in a, a, a second. So, uh, it's a multiple choice answer. Basically you pick whichever one you, uh, you know, whichever one you want to go with. Yeah, so. there's um, there's a lot of sort of I don't want to say uh, mystery about fan edits, but I feel like I remember when I was first becoming aware of these, and the Phantom Edit was the first one I've been away, made aware of. You know, I was a college freshman in two thousand, and so I feel like that sort of stuff probably came to college campuses before it came almost anywhere else, both mm-hmm. because of just like the proximity to high-speed internet to download stuff like that, um, yeah. you know, totally illegally. And also it's because everyone is bored and or stoned, and so you might as well talk about Star Wars, you know. Um, yeah. And so I was made aware of it, although I did not see it, but I remember just thinking, like, how did folks do this? Because I was totally ignorant to how film editing was done. I, I, I knew enough as sort of a fan of movies to understand it, but I didn't know how some guy presumably in his, you know, basement could do this. And so when I mm. finally, the first one I finally saw was uh, a friend of mine had a VHS tape of somebody had made, had condensed all three Star Wars movies up to that point, the original three, into like mm. one two and a half hour film. And I, I don't mm. know what it was actually called, but the, 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 the handwritten label said Star Wars, the good version which is a play on The Princess Bride, how mm-hmm. uh, that book is technically titled The Princess Bride. Like, I forget, I don't think it's called The Good Version, but basically the, the premise is that as the grandfather is reading this book, he's just reading the good parts to his grandson. And so mm-hmm. it was, and again, I don't know if anyone saw this, if my friend from college, if his brother did it, I don't have any recollection of it. Um, but there's a reason why there's so many Star Wars edits over other films and that's because Lucasfilm has always I don't want to say turn a blind eye because that's maybe even too passive they've always been kind of okay with people doing fan edits would you say that's correct yeah yeah definitely um in kind of the same way that they I feel like they certainly don't discourage um fan projects and fan like the fans embracing the property they're like probably as long as you're not making money off of it you can do whatever it is that you want so you'll see i mean obviously you know cosplay but like the the 501st stormtrooper legion you know um that's not officially sanctioned like i feel like they're about as sanctioned as you can get they're as close uh, as you can get without being a yeah. part of lucasfilm yeah <laughs> yeah without without actually drawing a you know, a Lucasfilm uh, uh, paycheck, but yeah, Lucasfilm even, and I speculate that maybe that was also part of the sale to Disney was that Disney not 
um, changed policy on that sort of thing. Uh, because the, the Lucasfilm policy has basically been, you can do whatever it is you want as long as you're not making, as long as you're not making money off of it. And so the fan edit thing is fan edits are freely available as long as you have the original media, right? Um, so if I have a disc or some, if I've paid for a version of the movie, you know, officially, then Lucasfilm is cool with me having any fan edit of that, you know, of that material, which is pretty, is pretty cool, is pretty, uh, uh, noteworthy, certainly at the time. And as we get into a more, uh, DRM, uh, uh, friendly or anti-friendly, whatever, uh, <laughs> right. culture, uh, the, well, I mean, something like, I mean, I guess Axanar on the Star Trek side, I guess that was sort of generating itself some money, but certainly for as big of a property as this, uh, it's nice to see, uh, them, you know, continue to allow the type of, uh, uh the type of, uh, fan service, I guess, in, in, in some way, uh, that they, uh, that they do. So good on them. I mean, I am shocked that Disney hasn't shut it down because George Lucas was always a guy who seemed to really value the fans. And I don't <laughs> want to say that Disney hasn't been that way, but yeah. you know, look at all evidence that we have about this, and you can yeah, yeah. probably understand where I'm going with this. Um, but like yeah. you said, maybe it was a you know a sort of a part of the sale to Disney that they had to keep letting fans do this. And so, I mean, there are dozens of fan edits out there. There's probably 20 to 25 of them that if you're a even a casual um you know, casual f- fan enough to seek out fan edits, there's probably 20 of them that are discussed pretty regularly online. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, and that that may even be more on the conservative side. Uh but yeah, in 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 terms of uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I um, agree. And so there, there are a few that are that are sort of more, more well received. There are a few that are very controversial, and usually the controversy doesn't come from what's left out of them. It's more what's added to them. Like so, the Black and Mantle, which we watched a few months ago, uh, that was noteworthy because it took the films. Japanese dub and made that the the primary base of the film and so then new subtitles were added and so you can change almost anything you want because of that and I I gather that and, and you're more tuned into this world than I am I gather that that is the more controversial stuff the the decisions to to deviate from the script as we know it that is an interesting question and and an interesting sort of line of thought because it it kind of gets to a big part of the fan edit idea um hmm. the so there is so, so in terms of fan edits there are kind of different types of of, of fan edits uh the the black and mantle is something that uh, I guess people would would call a fan mix in that you are not sort of 
quote unquote, fixing a particular movie, you're making something new out. You're mixing uh, different versions into something new. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, versus a fan fix, which is something like the Phantom Edit, where somebody took a particular movie and is like, I am going to fix this movie. And even the term fix is both loaded and comes with different meanings um, or, or different interpretations <laughs> from certain right. points of view. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you like start to laugh. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I apparently went there. Um, so and, and that gets to it. Like you're for the fix that you're aiming for differs from person to person. And I think one of the one of the interesting things is that there ultimately is no uh, um, official sort of arbiter of like, this is right, this is wrong. My fix for a movie could be uh, aimed more at like a general movie um, effectiveness sort of thing, whereas somebody else's fix could be like a Star Wars specific continuity sort of approach, right? And they would both be fixing but what they're trying to fix is you know is different and the the ire that that can raise uh sort of depends on how important continuity is to a to a particular viewer or sort of how they how they view this work sort of in terms of the larger the larger thing um it's i mean it's, i would think this would go without saying but i'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway i mean these the fan edits and all of this stuff does not replace the original version right sure so adding stuff so making something like the black and mantle the black and mantle can do whatever it is that it wants it's not going to change the prequels the prequels obviously still exist. They're still, you know, they're still there. Um, and I view these fan edits as, uh, I mean, certainly the better ones, as interesting takes on this material, be it a remix, be it something like, um, I actually loved uh, The Black and Mantle. I thought it was uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, there are, you know, fan mixes like, uh, what's one I wrote down? Um, it was like uh, War of the Stars, which is like a grindhouse version <laughs> of uh, of Star Wars with like 70s music and and uh, 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 film damage on the on the thing. There's Kill Sheev, which is like a pulp fic- or a Kill Bill sort of <laughs> edit. Yeah, it, it, I wasn't like, aware of all... Kill Sheev. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there are really creative people out there and given the opportunity to sort of play with these, you know, with this material, you can get some really, really creative, you know, creative things out of it. Um, and if you're not, I want to say if you're, uh, if you let yourself be open to that, uh, you can really, uh, you know, you can really get some real um, enjoyment out of it. Getting back to, I think, your actual question. Now that I've sort of gone off on my gone off on my tangent, um, uh, something about Black and Mantle. What was it? 
Well, I was just saying, like, do you think that there's um, it, 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 does controversy ensue more from additive things than from, you know, pulling things out or ignoring certain things? Um, I hmm, maybe controversy probably maybe more in adding things um because a lot of these a lot of the fan fixes and the ones that don't the ones that don't really move the needle for me are ones that are like uh you know we we took out jar jar you're like all right well i mean yay that's great but like if if the point of the fix is just to now this is going to be ironic for later on in the, for a little later on in the discussion but if the if the point of the fan edit is to basically like fix minor sort of continuity stuff um it doesn't really like i said sort of move the needle for me um because i find myself to be uh my enjoyment in star wars is not as mired in as much sort of minutia as as others um it isn't it is in some points but i i have found it interesting over the last couple of days to realize what things i'm totally willing to sort of gloss over and not care about and other things i'm like nope that particular thing has to be this because this other this other you know version uh it needs to sync up with this other thing that we've seen uh you know like in a different movie or or or, or whatever. So I'm mercurial kind of, um, in that way. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, if there is ire sort of drawn over fan edits, um, probably coming from adding stuff. Although I think also the beauty of fan edits is that if you don't like it, you can just do your own. Right. Or you right. can hopefully put the bug in somebody's ear. So they'll do one that you would like to see. You know, just as just as easily as somebody can make uh, something that you don't like, uh, somebody can make something that you, you know, that you do. So does that answer your question? Sure. Sure. Yeah. OK. Um, now, I, I figure we could we could talk generally, but what's the fun in that? So yeah, yeah. Let, let's get into what your idea is for you want to do a fan edit of the sequel trilogy, correct? Yes. And now before we get into what that's going to look like, what mm-hmm. was the impetus for wanting to do that edit? Was there was it um was it one of the films not living up to your standards? Was it um just you know I I just, I, I just want to know what, you know, what what led you down this road? Yeah, the origin story. Um a couple of different things sort of simultaneously. One yeah, uh Rise of Skywalker did not, you know, did not live up to my expectations, uh, really to the point where I don't think I've actually seen it all the way through in one sitting. Like I, I just, I can't, I cannot the pace and, and I don't know the what it is about that movie. It, right? No, I didn't see it in the theaters. Wait, so how did I not know this? How, why didn't you see it in the theaters? Um, I don't, I don't know specifically. Like, um, I'd heard some things about it and I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. But there was enough sort of 
unbuzz about it that I was like, okay, I'm not going to run out and see this. And then it just, and then that sort of snowballed. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll catch it on digital or I'll catch it on Blu-ray. So I, you know, I got the Blu-ray and I, yeah, I, the first, I know at least the first three or four times I tried to watch it, I got about 15, 20 minutes in and I'm just like, I, I can't, I, I, I just can't, wow. well, I just can't were, do it. You, you were that down on it um, and, instantly. And it wasn't even like um, from like continuity reasons or like Star Wars specific reasons. It just it. I, I don't want to sound like an old man here, you know, like I'm an old man. It moved too fast for me, which is my horrible Grandpa hey, Simpson. That was a better thing. Grandpa Simpson than I could have done. Oh, okay. So uh, well, I'm a little closer to the a little closer to the target age. There, so. I, I'm, you're it not that much older than me, Greg. You're just a couple years <laughs> older than true. I am. Yeah, good point. Um, I don't want to say like. You know, it was like moving too fast, but it just, it did, I, I, I just was not finding an in to it. So I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's really disappointing. Um, but I'd see obviously trailers and clips and stuff. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. But if we could just get rid of some of this other stuff, like there's, there are things there to be salvaged. Um, so I was like, okay, well, at some point I should probably, it would be nice to do that. Um, Two, I've been trying to teach myself uh, Adobe Premiere, and uh, as a exercise and sort of as a um, as a way to kind of uh, give myself a reason to learn sort of how to do that. I was like, well, what the hell? I want might as well make a Star Wars fan edit, like everybody does. <laughs> that seems to be like your, you know, sort of the rite of passage for for a lot of this stuff. So I was like, okay, um, and then also uh, my girlfriend hasn't seen i think she'd seen the force awakens like she'd seen star wars you know the original trilogy i think she'd seen the force awakens but she hadn't seen the last jedi and i was like okay well let's wait and then when rise of skywalker comes out we'll just do a watch of the three and then you know rise of skywalker did not impress me and i'm like oh well that sucks so i was like okay is she we just watched the first two um but it's like it would be really nice if if you could give some sort of closure, uh, you know, such as sort of such as it is. Um, so that was another uh, reason. I'm doing this for my girlfriend, basically. Uh, you know, one of the reasons. Um, and yeah, sometimes you just you get an idea in your head, and you're like, oh, that'd be kind of. I kind of want to see that sort of realized, and then it snowballs and snowballs until you find yourself at you know two in the morning frantically writing down or texting yourself uh an idea that you just had that you hope will make sense you know in the morning because you're like ooh, ooh, that'd be cool <laughs> you know or watching uh uh you know you're on disney plus or whatever on your on your phone going through uh watching a bit of rise of skywalker then going back to to the last jedi does you're like okay wait does that does that can, can i put those two things together almost sort of if I do this and if I cut, if I take that out and Oh, this person's here and well, I can crop him out there. And yeah. So, uh, red flag or red Cape, you know, uh, waved in front of me. I'm like, uh, challenge, challenge accepted. So that's, yeah. that's a yeah. pretty impressive, uh, it's to, to yeah. me, my reaction to if my wife cared about star Wars and she hadn't yeah. seen the rise of Skywalker yet, I would just say like, well, strap in. It sucks. You know, and, and and you're like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna recreate this world for you, which is why you're such a nice person. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, so so let, let let let's get into some of the details here. Mm-hmm. When when you what so say what you texted me first. Let, let's start there. Okay. Um, let me give me one second. Let me go back to the actual text, um, which is going to sound like it was the uh, sort of germ of this thing. Um, but it actually wasn't. It's not the it's not the idea that kicked this off. It was maybe about three or four days after um, it was sort of a side idea. And so the text uh, Monday. So it was okay. two days ago. Um, Star Wars hypothetical. Do you think Luke in his guilt was capable of lying to Han and Leia that Kylo Ren killed Ben Solo like Obi-Wan lied to Luke saying Vader killed Anakin? And I, I I thought about it for a minute, and then I had said to you, I didn't think Luke had enough guile for that. Mm-hmm. And, but but the more I thought about it, I haven't changed my mind. By the way, I, I I think that my initial assertion is how I still feel. Mm. But the more I think about the question, the more I... There, there is lots of interesting things that are coming from that question in my mind, um, mm-hmm. but but tell us what sort of the germ of the initial idea was for you. All right, so the germ of the initial idea um, <laughs> was, I guess, if I'm being honest, it was that I didn't think the resistance should be called the resistance. Oh, well, it's 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 that simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that was, that was probably the, the initial sort of germ it, you know, watching, um, force awakens and watching last Jedi. It's like, you know, the resistance is this. And I was like, you know, technically they're not the resistance. Like you can't, you know, they won the war 30 years ago. Like (laughs) they're, they're the man. It's the first order are the ones who are resisting. Right. So really the first order are the rebels and Leia and them are the like they're not the army but like they're the they're the government right they're kind of like the cia in a way (laughs) um they're 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 certainly not like the they're certainly not the resistance in the sense of like they were in the original trilogy right and i actually think that that's that's an excellent point to bring up and one of my problems with the force awakens is that it just it it spends so much time and energy instantly reverting to that to that to the status quo of the original trilogy mm-hmm. by taking out the government center they're trying to make the good guys the rebels again right. and i understand why especially in this this decade you know the force Awakens was made pre trump but i understand the sort of you know march towards oligarchy that we've been on for a while now. <laughs> why uh-huh. you would why you would want to be careful to not make the good guys big government, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, going back and looking at you know the Force Awakens and looking at like the opening crawl, it kind of you know, I mean, it, it mentions you know Leia being you know a general. Um, but it really sort of emphasizes, you know, her like resistance, you know, uh, all cap 
you know, first order is all cap and, and resistance is all cap. And I'm like, you know what? They're not actually the resistance. Um, so that was that. <laughs> that was the initial thing. Um, and then very soon after that, I saw someone had done <laughs> someone had done a fan edit uh, entitled. Was it the Ford Awakens? I think is what it was called. OK. And it was Han lives through the Force Awakens. And I'm like, huh. Okay. Uh, apparently someone kind of made that work. And I didn't see, I haven't seen the edit yet, but on fanedit.org is like IMDB basically for, for fan edits. And so every entry that's on there, one of their tabs is changes where you basically say in as little or as, as much detail as you want, sort of what you, you know, what you changed. Um, so I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, that would be, yeah, that'd be kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Um, so I was like, okay, if I do this, like, I did not think that uh, Han dying was the worst thing in the world, you know, um, for, uh, for, for the, you know, the original Force Awakens. But I was like, okay, that'd be an interesting sort of challenge if you can, if you don't kill him, what do you do with him with the rest of the, like with the rest of the story, right? Right. Um, and yeah, basically those two, those two things and, you know, the sort of technical challenge of like, okay, I want to put one of these things together and, and brush up on my premiere skills um, was that kind of got the, that kind of got the ball rolling. So what what's so interesting about this idea of the Ford Awakens, which now I have to look into, is that there was a you know to me, and, and again I'm not saying anything new here. So mm-hmm. much of 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 the problem with the Force Awakens is that it is so beat for beat a New Hope in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is clearly the Obi Wan character, rather Han Solo is the Obi Wan character in the Force Awakens. But I, when I was watching the film, and you start to see um, Ben's armor crack when he's talking to his father, mm-hmm. I thought, "Wow, what what a really interesting way to subvert a New Hope." If you mm-hmm. turn who you think is basically, you know, Vader is the savior of. Luke in Jedi, but what if he turned? What if Obi Wan turned him on the Death Star? Like that would have been a totally different film. And so I, I, I thought, wow, they're going to do something really new here, and they didn't, mm. of course. Um, so yeah. I, I do think that's a fascinating place to begin, sort of thinking about that. Um, yeah, uh, and and I guess going to the the fan edit thing in general. If I didn't sort of make this clear um, earlier, you can do these things without having a sort of white hot rage about changing something. <laughs> um, because, you know, like I enjoyed the force awakens. I enjoyed, uh, the last Jedi. Um, like I said, there were even parts that I was able to get through. I mean, I have seen rise of Skywalker in its entirety by now. I just, I don't think I've actually seen it like in one, in one sitting, but certainly uh, the force awakens. I enjoyed even, you know, at the time and I go back, there's a lot of stuff in there that I really like. Uh, and last Jedi, I liked, you know, even more. Um, but that didn't stop me from wanting to kind of play around with things. 
you know, um, seeing if the the things that you like in there would still work in different contexts, you know, or maybe things that you'd liked putting them in a different context gives them even more, um, even more power, even more sort of, uh, resonance. Um, and if you have something that you like, that's surrounded by two things that you don't, if you're able to take out those two things, then you just have something you, you know, something you like. So as a storytelling exercise, as a technical exercise and as a way to uh you know feed the uh, director's cut alternate cut junkie monkey that's on my that's on my back <laughs> um this uh this this is a you know an interesting um challenge uh a couple of just technical things uh before we kind of get, get into this um so after i texted you the uh the loop question um, I basically gave my first sort of hint, uh, to anybody of kind of what I was planning with this. Um, and I said, I wanted to do it as a like 1920s, 1930s silent movie. Um, that maybe maybe in black and white or maybe like tinted. So there may be some color in it, but I wanted to do it not as a sort of quote unquote straight, uh, you know, recut of the, of the movie. And a lot of that was because I, uh, in a very blackened mantle type of way, I wanted the opportunity to be able to rewrite some of the, um, I guess, I guess the dialogue, um, specifically, uh, but also maybe if there's more of a stylistic deviation from what, you know, traditional Star Wars stuff is, it would, like visually just in terms of, of movie style, it may allow me to make some deviations um, more palatable because you're like, well, this is so different from the way Star Wars is usually presented. I'm not going to get so bent out of shape if there are like, if there's not an opening crawl, you know, or right. if instead of having like one texting at the beginning, if there are like maybe two or three sort of narration intertitles, like in the, like sort of space throughout if there's stuff that because I'm not having dialogue, there are certain points I really want to emphasize that doing it in a different manner kind of can open up different tools that may or may not be available to me easily. If I'm just doing a standard like picture sound, uh, you know, sort of, uh, sort of edit. Um, and I think what I would, do is use not inner titles so it's not like somebody talking somebody's mouth moving with no dialogue and then cut to a card that has like the dialogue there i'd probably just do subtitles um simply because uh having the inner titles in there would change the running time enough that the music wouldn't sync up nearly as well i'd have to like adjust that much more than if I just had subtitles. Sure. Um, so when I'm, so when I'm, when I'm talking about this, imagine there's music, um, imagine there's, there's music, there's sound effects and there's subtitles. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's the, the technical setup out of the, out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Does All that, right. Does that make sense? Yes. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And okay. when we come back, I, I want to go a little bit more beat by beat through some of these proposed changes with you. 
So stay tuned. Hey, we're Panels in Motion, a monthly podcast where we read a comic, watch its movie adaptation, and figure out what went right or what went wrong. We focus on a wide variety of non-superhero comics. One month will be an American independent comic like The Mask or Kingsman. The next will be a European comic like Persepolis or Tintin. And the next will be a Japanese manga like Lone Wolf and Cub or Silent Voice. I'm a writer. I'm a director. And I'm a cinematographer. So we all have different perspectives on why an adaptation might or might not work. We're also a show where a discussion of Middle East education or the sexual revolution can take place alongside a discussion of the pros and cons of Jim Carrey's face. There is truly something for everyone. So check us out. Go subscribe to Panels in Motion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And follow us at Panels in Motion on Twitter and Instagram. See you soon. All right, Greg. So walk us through... uh, sort of maybe maybe pick out like three big changes you'd want to make in this uh, in this edit three big changes i've got five pages of notes here man <laughs> let's, okay, I'm, uh, okay no, no, no no i'm sorry i was being i was being kidding i know I no but let's kidding. let's i mean if you have more than that then let's go with more of that yeah. but hit me with sort of some right. of the big ones for now um well i mean the big one i guess is that uh you know han lives and he can he is in the last scene of the movie. Actually, let, let me. He's in the last scene, um, and and there was one other technical thing that I sort of that I glossed over. So, taking the three movies: Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm not doing what they call a three in one, which is you know three movies condensed to one. I'm probably doing closer to a three in two. Uh, okay. I'm probably cutting out about a movie's worth of about a movie's worth of stuff, um, and. So it would be so I'm saying Han is in the last scene of the second movie. Um, Can I just interrupt and ask a question right away? Sure. Yeah. Is is Leia in the last scene of the second movie? No. Okay. Interesting. Uh, And I'm I'm I got to say, I'm rather proud. Of, of of how that of how this of how this sort of came uh, uh, together. Whether anybody you know shares that after I say it, you know who knows. But I was oh, that was that was a texting myself at two o'clock in the morning uh, idea, to, uh, sort of how to make that particular thing work. Um, because I was like, oh, that's oh, that's oh, that's so good. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Han lives. Um, there's no Canto bite at all there's uh, there's no rose um which is before anybody uh, calm down people um there are there are things because of okay certain decisions necessitate certain other decisions right so there's going there's a decision that i make that takes finn basically off the table for the majority of the second half, the vast majority of sort of the second movie. And because of that, that necessitates Rose not being there. So it's not that I was like, why is she in the movie? Blah, 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 blah. You know, um, it's just certain decisions open certain doors, but it closes, you know, closes others. Well, so especially because you're dealing with, with pre-existing footage. Yes. Yeah, that is that is, uh, you know, something that people kind of, uh, you know, forget about. I can only I can I'm not only dealing with pre-existing footage, I'm dealing with pre-existing released footage and I'm dealing with the cut version of previously released 
footage, you know? So a lot of these edits tend to be shorter because you are, you know, you're, you're taking things out a lot of times. Um, and there can be, there can be times where I would see, or people could look at a scene and be like, man, I wish we spent more time here. Or even if that's, even if that shot was held longer and th sometimes there are ways to sort of get around that, but I'm ultimately at the, or, you know, any fan editor, uh, is ultimately at the mercy of the material that they have available and the editing decisions that were made by the original, you know, the original, uh, uh filmmakers. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So Hans I, arrives. Yeah. Lynn Hans survives. I, I didn't say she didn't survive. I'm just saying she's not, you asked me, was okay. she in the last scene? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. I, um, all right. So can I, can I ask some sort of, um, Oh yeah. Okay. Some questions here. Okay. So bring it on. <laughs> um, does this focus more or I guess it can't focus more. Does this give more screen time to the original trilogy characters than the sequel trilogy did? Percentage-wise, you know, will there be more Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, Lando than we got in the initial three films? Um, I'm gonna go with no. Uh, well, I, I guess I'm. Well, let me. I'm gonna say yes, percentage-wise. Um, but simply because we're taking out a lot of material that happens to have the sequel characters in it. Okay. You know, so your runtime goes from like, let's say seven hours down to, if you combine everything together, your runtime goes from like seven hours to like four and a half. So if I'm keeping like everything that has, uh, you know, original trilogy characters in it, and a lot of the material that I'm taking out has sequel characters in it, then, you know, in the final math, as far as I can tell, that the percentage for the original trilogy people go up because the because the percentages, you sure. know, sure. change. Um, yeah. Okay. That's how I'd answer that. Um, do you feel is the I guess the, the plot of the sequel trilogy, like if the if the prequel trilogy is the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker mm -hmm. and the original trilogy is the rise of Luke Skywalker. You could argue that the sequel trilogy is the rise of Rey Skywalker. I hate calling her Rey Skywalker. Yeah. The rise of Rey, right? Yeah. Is, is your film, are your films still the, still the Rey story? I'm, things are obviously still in flux. I would say no. I would say the movie and it may lengthwise, it may end up being like one long ass movie or two relatively sort of short movies. Sure. Um, but I'm just for the purposes of this discussion, I'll just say movie. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would I, I would say it's more about the first order and Kylo Ren. Uh, and I say that without actively taking out anything to diminish Ray's role. You know, sure. it's not a, it's not an anti Ray cut, just like it's not an anti Rose cut or an anti Canto bite cut. Well, maybe a little anti, anti Canto bite. Um, I will defend I, Canto it, bite. it was okay. It, it was okay. It just, it, 
went on a it went on a bit. I don't long. disagree with that, but this is my soapbox. I have to get on it every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, for for Finn to travel from being ex stormtrooper to being rebel, you have to give him things to fight for. And mm-hmm. in that sequence, he learns to fight not only for Rose but for himself. Yes. Uh, so when you're putting the uh, yeah, um, one of the decisions or the types of decisions I'm finding that I'm having to make is not, uh, I mean, it is trying to evaluate the material that you have in front of you, not necessarily the material that you think you have sure. um, in front of you. and Or you want to have uh, in front of you. Or, yeah, you want to have in front of you. Uh, also, another thing about fan edits just in general is um, you need, and, and this, is, this is tough, especially if you know the original material, you need to try and and watch it or take it in as an original thing, not like you're watching it for what's not there, you know, yeah. um, which is really tough to do. I do it uh, sometimes when I watch, you know, fan edits, you try and sort of take it in as it's as its own thing. Right. Um, uh, and so a lot of those beats for Finn are, it was nice to have them expanded in, um, you know, in the last Jedi, but a lot of those beats are also in the force awakens. And while they may not come to quite the conclusion that they do in the last Jedi, they get far enough that since this is like the only, in terms of this particular story, it gives him sort of enough of an arc that I didn't feel it was, worth trying to keep that stuff to um to sort of finish off that that arc you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely um that, i mean that was one of the that was you know one of the parts of the equation others are just sort of logistics like if character if i put character x in a certain spot they physically cannot be in spot in this other spot right sure sure um and we'll get into that and in, 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 you know um in a sec yeah. um yeah that so it's basically it's more focused on like you know the first order and there's a lot of there's a lot more uh, kylo ben solo stuff than i originally thought was gonna stay in um so i guess it's more focused in that in that respect um but not in a way that a lot of times you'll see uh fan edits where they will focus on something in a way that it feels like they're they're not trying to make a movie they're trying to sort of make like a greatest hits uh video to to um for them to you know basically enjoy their favorite aspects of those little things and actually one of the things i'm really trying to do with this is to obviously have it work you know or have it still work as a as a movie because i want this to be you know enjoyed by somebody who doesn't have any real star Wars, any sort of skin in the star wars you know star wars game um does that make sense yes absolutely okay so i Uh, I, I i have one more question for you Okay. And then I want you to just talk about the, the film for, for a minute. Um, okay. 
without me the interrupting. Th- the theoretical, the theoretical film. Yes, the theoretical film. Uh, yeah. How much? How different is the presentation of Luke in your edit versus in the sequel films? It's. I'd say it's almost identical. Okay. Yeah. See, it's it. So, <laughs> you and I, I think, are two of the only people I know that really like Luke's arc in the sequel yeah. trilogy. Uh, I I should really say it in the first two films because in the third film, he kind of undoes a lot of the stuff from the from yeah. the first two. Yeah. But like, I didn't like I didn't like that either. So. Yeah. I I I think that. The end of The Force Awakens used Luke in the most emotionally satisfying way. Mm. Just seeing him as an old man, like it gives me chills even just thinking about that that sequence, that beautiful end of the film. And then Ryan Johnson instantly throws that away by having him toss the lightsaber over his shoulder, but yeah. builds to an even more emotional conclusion to his to his story. Like it's just it's such a well done arc. But a lot of people did not like the way Luke was represented, whereas I felt it was just brilliant. No, 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 they did not. Um, and, and just to, to quickly talk about Mark Hamill uh, for a second, this probably is his best live-action performance, that Last Jedi yes. uh, stuff. And I will give him extra credit because he has been on record in not agreeing with the direction that Luke was pointed in by Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always love listening to him talk about that in interviews where he's, where he, you know, he goes up and he's like, look, I fundamentally disagree with everything you want me to do in this movie. Okay. Having said that, how can we like, you know, mold me, you know, use me as your tool to tell the story that you want to tell. Like he fully embraced, uh, going in this direction that he clearly, I mean, that he obviously did not want to want to go in and it's. He, yeah, he has such wonderful moments in there, including, and I guess this isn't, you know, spoiling because I just mentioned Han lives. One of his, one of my favorite parts of the movie is his, you know, where's Han yep. line. Well, if Han's not dead, you don't need that point <laughs> right. in, in the movie anymore. And even if he, even if he was, if I were doing this, uh, you know, without dialogue, which I, you know, most certainly am. You can, you know, you can have that beat in there and you can see him and you can read the obviously read the subtitle, but you don't get the vocal right. You're missing half of his sort of half of his heartbreaking uh, performance. And there are a bunch of beats um, that I'm finding. I'm like, okay, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose this. Things that I personally love. But if it doesn't fit what I if it doesn't fit what the end goal is. Like, I can't really. I really can't leave it in. Um, so there are a couple of darlings in there that I am mowing down like younglings if I'm a Sith, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, and, and that's actually that's actually one of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would say uh, even having said uh, what I said to sort of kick this all off about that change in Luke's or that potential shift in what Luke did. Um, I'd still say in terms of what we see like on screen um, is pretty much almost identical. Now there may not be as much 
of him in the final in like the final version but there's a there's a lot i feel like it's i feel like it's really it's really consistent okay um yeah and and i guess the other thing for fan edits is or for or for these sort of movies is that um you know you're you're a movie presents you with information and if it doesn't sort of contradict that information the audience will sort of kind of keep that original information as like the quote unquote truth. Um, so I feel like maybe taking out a lot of stuff in rise of Skywalker that contradicted things from the first two movies. Um, right. Let me back that up. Uh, actually, let me, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that thought. Um, okay. So basically, um, it starts off the, we start off, um, essentially the same, uh, you know, we're 30 years after Endor, uh, the remnants and the sympathizers of the empire have been regrouping as the first order. Uh, Leia is aware of this. Leia is trying to get, uh, you know, the, the Senate or the new Republic, I guess, uh, to take them seriously. The new Republic is mired in, uh, you know, bureaucracy. They're like, no, they're just, you know, fringe lunatics. Leia is like, no, they're not. Uh, you're not gonna take action. You need more information. Fine. I'll go get more information. So she takes her little, I don't say crew, but like, you know, her, team essentially of you know five six hundred people or whatever and is running this like you know spy operation to get information about the about the first order um which is mentioned in the original you know crawl but the the way it's the way that was set up it was like luke skywalker has vanished the first order is rising as if luke luke disappearing allowed the first order to right you know to show up, which totally not the case. So one of the big emphasis is going to be de-emphasizing Luke as this like savior. Like everyone's, you know, are you going back and watching the force awakens? Like everyone's looking for Luke, you know, the map that they have goes to Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, no, that's not like, uh, I don't know. It just seemed weird. And, and, and again, they're not the resistance. Like they're, they're just not. Um, uh, so we, you know, we start off with Poe on Jakku. We start off with him getting, uh, you know, uh, a little zip drive or flash drive of, of information. But it, what it has on there is not, um, uh, it's not, you know, the map to Luke. It's basically a bunch of for information about the First Order. And what it has on there, we'll eventually find out, is that it has the location of um, the... Uh, Let's see. It has a location of the Sith fleet or, you know, the big fleet that we see in Rise of Skywalker. Um, it has the location of that. It has uh, the location and information about Star Starkiller Base, uh, which, by the way, I hate that name. So I'm calling it Tarkin Base um, okay. <laughs> because they're Imperials, right? It's ex-Empire. And first of all, it's not killing stars. I mean, 
it kind of is, but it's shooting planets. Surely it should be planet killer base, which is <laughs> a stupid name. Bo, so I'm well, uh, you you're know. you're aware of why it's Starkiller Base though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the adventures of Luke Starkiller. Oh, so they're naming it after Luke? No. <laughs> oh no, no. It's it's yeah. It's not cool enough for me to for me to keep. And uh I'm I've you know, military kid, you should name your military bases after military people. And Tarkin was one of their, you know, moths, one of their big guys. So it's Tarkin base. Um, anyway, so they got information on that information on the, uh, on, you know, uh, on the, the planet killer, the, the fleet and basically confirmation of, um, uh, there being a force component, be it Snoke or, or, or Ren or whatever. Um, so these three bits of information, and the First Order obviously does not want folks to find out about, you know, the location of their of their fleet or of their, you know, of Tarkin base, of their planet killer. Because uh, we'll try and make it a little more a little more obvious in, in this version. Um, it's not like they call it what hyper light weapon. Basically, it, it fires a weapon into or it fires a beam into hyperspace and then it, that beam comes out of hyperspace and then blows up whatever it is that they're aiming at. So you don't have to have the planet anywhere kind of near where you're going to strike. And obviously planets don't move. So it's you, so that people don't know like where it is, you know, so trying to find it to be able to, to deal with it is kind of a, kind of a big thing. So That's most clever. of, so most of the, most of the, uh, the force awakens actually plays out in this edit, just like it does in the, you know, in the movie, Poe gets that information uh, you know, he gets captured, uh, broken out by Finn, um, so on, so forth. Um, and I guess this is a good spot to say that Han, so I guess one of the other big changes is that, and this is playing into the, the Luke thing is that Han and Leia don't know that Kylo Ren is Ben Solo. They think um, and, you know, having said this to you and, and, you know, think about it sort of afterwards, it may be a case of Luke not being as forthcoming as he should have about the particulars of, you know, Kylo Ren did not kill Ben Solo. Ben Solo became Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, they think, so Han Solo and, and was it Princess Leia and, and, you know, General Leia, um, they know who Kylo Ren is, but they think of him as the guy who killed their son rather than their son, which will, which will become important. Uh, okay. So most of the, you know, most of like the force awakens pretty much goes as it, uh, as it does, uh, they move the, uh, the attack of Tarkin base to the end of the movie and not have it be in the middle of the movie. Um, so this, uh, is an idea I got from looking at other fan edits. Um, I'm really trying to take good notes of like where I'm getting this, you know, getting this stuff from. Um, but somebody suggested moving that, uh, to the end of the movie, um, because obviously Tarkin base blows up the planet. So that's a big change from, uh, you know, a new hope where the Death Star did not blow up, you know, the planet. Um, uh, and the, 
and basically the first order, their, their general plan is that they are going to take out the, um, you know, uh, Hosnian prime or the, the new Republic leadership capital. Um, and in the confusion, and we're talking like weeks and months and stuff in, in the, in the confusion of that use, obviously the fleet to go and kind of establish a foothold, um, in the, uh, you know, sort of throughout the, throughout the galaxy. That's kind of their, you know, their big plan. Um, uh, so we've got, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the new Republic people attacking Tarkin base. We have, uh, Han and Chewie are planting the explosives, uh, to blow up the, they call it compressor, whatever. Mm. So we get to the point where, uh, you know, Han was going to go out and talk with, talk with Kylo, right? At this point, uh, Kylo, you know, he's looking for Han. He walks out onto the, onto the thing, onto the bridge or whatever. Uh, we cut to Han looking at him and he's got that, you know, sad, whatever look in his face. Uh, and then we see Han turn around, run out, not run out, but like quickly go out. Uh, and then two or three shots later, Chewie pulls out the detonator, boom, blows up the place with Kylo in there. Um, because, you know, if, if you notice, or if you think of it as Han doesn't think that's his kid, he's like, I'm gonna like, there's the guy who killed my son. I'm going to take my revenge. I'm not stupid enough to one, try and talk to him or two, try and shoot him. I'm going to bring this whole place down on him. Uh, and if you just take a couple of shots from Han and Chewie sort of walking around a couple of minutes earlier and you position them, if you move those shots to, or if you split up those shots and like move part of it to after, um, you can get a pretty convincing sort of, uh, moment of Han looking, seeing Kylo and being like, Nope, not doing that. And then turning and going and then Chewie click boom. Um, which also covers, uh, then when we see Kylo out in the snow and he's obviously his helmet's gone and he's, uh, you know, bleeding. Yeah. We didn't see him get shot with, you know, the, uh, the bowcaster or whatever, but he just came out of a huge exploding building. Right, right. So it, it, you know, if it, you it covers that action pretty well, right. 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 For an unsuspecting or a, a, a fresh audience, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I buy that. Um, and then that's basically the rest of the force awakens. Um, the, uh, so, you know, they blow up Tarkin base, but they, but you know, the Republic home world has still been, or, you know, the, the capital world has been, has been blown up. So now, um, Leia is like, okay, here's what we need to do. Uh, we need to send, um, we need to send somebody to alert the, you know, the rest of the Republic or whatever, or basically build up the, a fleet uh, or get the fleet to go and take out this first order fleet that is off on, I don't even actually have to call it Exegol, but let's, you know, just say Exegol. We need to get that in motion and we need to bring Luke into the, we need to bring Luke into the fight. So Han and Finn and Ray and Chewie get into the Falcon 
they, and they leave and they leave the planet. They go to, uh, they go back to Takodana. Uh, they go back to Maz, um, and using some of the shots that we had seen, uh, earlier, cause there's a lot of stuff from that location. I think I can, you know, construct this little, this little bit of basically seeing, you know, Han basically going back there so that he and Finn can, um, essentially, uh, you know, get passage, uh, to on like other ships and start to use Han's, uh, you know, underworld or, or, or black market connections to get the word out that they need to start, uh, you know, building this fleet or, or whatever, basically what Lando was going to do. It's almost exactly like what Lando was going to do or did in rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Um, but you've got, you've got Han and Finn doing that. And then Ray and Chewie, uh, go from there to, to Luke. Um, and so here's the interesting thing. I was like, okay, uh, I need to have either the, the, the Falcon can be at the fight, uh, against the fleet or the Falcon can be at Octo, uh, with Luke. It can't be in both places. Right. Um, I mean, I didn't want, I didn't, I, I couldn't wrap that, wrap my head around that. So I was like, okay, I can keep the Falcon in the fight for the fleet, but then I lose all of, then I lose the Falcon on, um, you know, I lose the Falcon with Luke. Uh, I lose the scene with, uh, R2D2, right. The, uh, which is a great scene, which is, you know, which is a great scene. Um, or if I lose that and I have the Falcon in the fight, uh, yeah, it's great, but I don't have a whole lot of, I don't have a whole lot of like Han stuff I can use with that. So it would just be the Falcon kind of flying around and I can cut around it enough to be able to get the, get the, excuse me, get the point across. So, uh, at that point I'm like, all right, so that necessitated, you know, sort of moving in that, moving in that direction. Um, and so, you know, they leave and, uh, of course now the first order shows up at, uh, you know, Dakar or the, at the, at the base, just like the beginning of, uh, the last Jedi, um, because they are pissed obviously. And they're going for, you know, going for revenge. Um, and so then we get into, you know, the, the evacuation, the dreadnought, uh, fight, uh, Leia being pissed off at Poe for, you know, not pulling back when she wanted to. Um, and then now we've got essentially in the, now we're in kind of the second half of the, of the movie, um, or the, the sort of the, the big second act of the, uh, of the story. We've got these three parallel plot lines, uh, the Leia, uh, stuff, you know, she gets, uh, uh, almost killed. Um, and then you've got Poe, uh, not, you know, not liking what Holdo's doing. Uh, I don't have him, I have him be resistant. I don't have him actually do the mutiny on screen. Okay. Um, because that was a bridge too far for me. I was like, I can't, you can't have him like actually mutiny and then have it be okay. You know? Um, so I think, I think what will happen is 
um, he'll have like as close as I can get to that point, and then we'll just have him off screen for a while, and then he'll wake up with, uh, you know, with Leia on one of the transports, and she was like, "Yeah, we had to stun you because you were hmm. like you were gonna mutiny." <laughs> it's like, look, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this shit. Um, so, so because of that, you know, so Finn's not there. So then all of like the Canto Bite stuff and the uh, you know, Finn and Rose on the, on Snoke ship, all of that stuff, all of the, um, Benicio del Toro stuff, all that stuff's gone because it just like, I can't do it. Right. It just does not make any, does not make any sense. So that's plotline one. Plotline two, uh, is of course, uh, Ray and Luke, um, on Octo. Most of that stuff is probably going to stay. Obviously the back and forth with her and Kylo is going to stay. Um, this is going to be where she finds out that Kylo is Ben Solo. And that's one of the things she's confronting when she confronts Luke. It's not, it's not just the, did you try to kill Kylo Ren? It's like, is Ren Ben? Like that's another, you know, sort of, sort of twist to that. Um, and then her arc is, ba- or her scenes are basically going to be the same as well. And then third, is the um is the attack against the uh, the Sith fleet, which will be obviously I've got to cut around Poe being there, and I'm also cutting around Finn, uh, and the whole ground, quote unquote ground attack because because it's look, stupid. Just, it's it's, it's kind of it, it's yeah yeah. I mean I can see they're like oh that's like it it almost is cool, but I'm like no 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 no. I got to cut that. Um, and I did kind of a rough cut of that. And I was like, okay, that's that can work. That's like 10 minutes worth of worth of stuff, maybe. Um, but those are sort of intercutting. Uh, and then we get to, you know, the end of crate. Uh, so on, on crate, there's no, um, you know, because there's no Rose and there's no Finn, there's no, uh, you know, cannon about to, blow up that they have to send ships out to, to deal with. I got to cut around Finn a little bit when he shows up. Um, but that seems pretty, that seems pretty possible. So it's the rebels, oh, Jesus, Leia's group, <laughs> <laughs> the not, the not rebels, you know, they get there and they close the door just as the, you know, the ATSTs or whatever show up and they're like, okay, we need to try and get a message out to anybody. And it's not this, like we need to get a message out to the galaxy so we can raise the resistance, you know, whatever it's the, we need somebody to save our ass now. Like it, it makes it much more personal, much more like concrete, um, uh, not having them be, not having them always sort of talk about like resistance, resistance, resistance in this general term. Um, that's one of the, I guess that's one of the main things I'm trying to, I'm trying to do with this. Um, but, you know, Luke still shows up. Um, there's maybe a little bit of a difference when he's talking with um, Leia uh, in that, you know, he says, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. And, you know, if we introduce this, you know, that bit earlier, he can say, you know, I'm sorry. I don't necessarily have to say exactly what he's sorry for, right. you know, and if she... Uh, being able to massage the dialogue uh, in that type of black and mantle subtitle sort of way um, can allow you to really 
leave a certain amount of nuance um, in places uh, because not only are you changing the dialogue, you also kind of have to match the mouth as closely as possible. Like if, like in that scene, I can't have Leia scream at Luke. It was like, what do you mean? That was my son. What the, fuck? you know, like I can't, I can't do that. Um, but like earlier when, uh, when Han and Finn and Ray are on the Falcon, when they're like, you know, did you know Luke? Uh, and he turns on, he's like, yeah, I knew Luke. Um, I was going to switch that to be Leia, right? Cause they're talking about like, this needs to go to the resistance and, and, you know, this needs to get to, this needs to get to, you know, general Leia or general Organa. He sort of turns around and they're like, you were with the resistance. You knew Leia. And he's like, yeah, I knew Leia. And because Leia and Luke actually happen to look very similar in terms of like mouth when you're saying it, if I don't have the audio and I can just say, yeah, I know Leia stuff like that. Um, keeps will keep me basically trying to in some ways keep the dialogue as close as possible right? right like i could put anything i want there but i would like to have it be as you know cl- close to the original as as possible while still sort of doing what i want to what i want to do um so crate you know ends the same way uh luke doesn't necessarily have to die at the end um but i may just have him die anyway um, I haven't quite figured that out. Um, but, uh, essentially it ends, you know, the same way. Uh, uh, the survivors are on the Falcon, um, and they fly off leaving Kylo. And I think, so Snoke is dead. I'm probably going to kill off Hux I'm with sorry, the destruction. Can I ask a oh. question here? Sure. Does that... Is there still that throne room scene with Kylo and Ray? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, some of the like Snoke Kylo stuff, all of that stuff is staying in. I may adjust some of the dial I mean, I will adjust some of the dialogue a bit maybe to get across sort of certain points or emphasize certain things. But yeah, most of this is not stuff that I'm changing because I either like the way it was before or my change would be like a little dialogue thing. Like I don't need to sure. like move that sort of stuff around, but yeah, I fucking, I love that. You know, those scenes like that fight and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, so I'll probably kill off Hux, um, with the destruction of Snoke's ship, uh, simply because he didn't have a satisfying anything in rise of Skywalker. And so like, I have an opportunity to just not have him show up now. So I'll just kill him there. Um, and then I think with some judicious, uh, editing and maybe some painting out rotoscoping, I can not have him be standing next to Kylo in the, uh, you know, in the ATSD control, uh, or in the cockpit or whatever. Um, but then that part ends with, you know, Kylo going through the base, the base is empty and, uh, you know, the, the Leia's group gets away. And then that brings us to the, sort of the third act, the, the little more than a coda, but the, the, the sort of the last beat because, um, so the first order, you know, they've gotten rid of Snoke, they've destroyed Tarkin base. They've gotten rid of the fleet. Uh, the, the first order now is basically Kylo as, you know, Supreme leader and then the rest of the organization. So there's a lot going on, but really if you take out Kylo, then the rest of it is much more manageable for, you know, conventional forces and, 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 and everything. Uh, so the idea is, 
you know, like, uh, I guess like with Vader is that they need to take out Kylo Ren, uh, hopefully, you know, redeem him rather than having to like actually, you know, kill him. Now this, in this version, um, this is a Kylo who did not kill his father, uh, and did not kill, did not try to kill his mother. Um, so how, how does the Leia, is this, does Leia almost die? You said, you said Leia almost dies, right? Yeah. How yeah, is yeah. that so, done without Kylo Ren? Um, oh, he's he's there, like he, um, in that part he's still you know flying his, I almost said X-wing, his uh you know his ship and he almost fires on her but he you know doesn't and then the okay. the Tie Fighters fire, like that stuff all stays okay right she, you know I I may trim the Force thing a little bit, um I'll still have her like use it and everything and I'm personally fine with it. I'm um, fine with it too. <laughs> yeah. So, so that stuff's all gonna, you know, that stuff's all gonna stay. Uh, so this last bit um, is what I have written is like the, you know, it's a, essentially the redemption of Ben Solo. So, uh, you know, you have uh, Kylo running uh, the First Order. Um, Ray, let's call this like a couple of months later. Uh, you know, Ray's been training, uh, upping her game. Um, you know, force wise, uh, Ben is having visions of Han's death from the, uh, you know, from the force awakens basically as like, it, it's almost like Kylo Ren is possessing Ben in a way. I haven't quite figured out tonally sort of how to do this, but it's like, it's almost a, a visualization of the dark side is him having these, having these visions or these images of him, you know, killing his father, like he was sort of meant to do, like he, like he needs to do that to embrace, you know, the dark side. Sure. Right. Does that kind of make sense? It also gives me a chance to reuse, um, what was a good scene and hopefully connected to something coming up in a second. Um, so he is, you know, trying to sort of, uh, he's wrestling with this, you know, inside of him. Uh, he goes to Endor maybe to, you know, commune with Vader's spirit or Palpatine's spirit or, 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 you know, the dark side again, haven't quite figured out the technicalities of that. Um, Ray and Han, uh, go as well. So they're in the, you know, they're in the Falcon. Uh, Ray knows that he's there because she's connected with him because of the, because of the force. She just can tell like that's where he's going. Um, and at this point there are two, there were two scenes that I pulled from the force awakens that I wanted to kind of have within this like 15 sort of minute chunk, uh, was the Han and Leia talking about, uh, Ben, the, uh, you know, we lost our son. Um, I never should have sent him away. That's when I lost both of you. I want him back. You know, now they've, I guess I'll sort of try and present it as a bit of a flashback, but I, I, you know, one, I wanted to have as much of, of them in there as, as possible, but it sort of set up this thing of, okay, now they know their son is back and it's like, we want to have him, you know, we, we, we need to bring him home. Uh, and the second of that is, is the, uh, you know, maybe the little bit of when Han hugs Leia, which was originally towards the end of the force awakens when she's like, when you see our son, bring him home. And it, I would have, I would have pulled that from earlier and moved it here as opposed to having, having it in like both places. So, um, you know, Ray and Kylo fight, 
uh, I probably cut that down a little bit, but they're, you know, they're fighting. Uh, uh, Leia reaches out, you know, with the force uh, to Kylo. He pauses. Ray takes that opportunity to, you know, still stab him with the lightsaber. I don't need Leia to die after that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be like something that, you know, that, that kills her. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kylo gets stabbed. Um, Ray, uh, finds that she is, when she's around Kylo, he, I don't want to say he brings out the dark side in her, but like, she's one of the, you know, she's obviously clearly pissed off and agitated that she's fighting him. So as soon as he goes down, she sort of comes back to her senses and was like, oh, shit, I should not have, like, we're not here to kill him. I really, like, he needs to, you know, not die. So she starts doing the, uh, you know, the force healing on him. And then we cut to the footage of him fighting the Knights of Ren and her fighting the guards on Exegol as almost like a metaphysical sort of, um, or a, a visualization of the, not only her healing him, but like him of Ben, like, I would say defeating the Kylo possession, but, but you know, something like that. Right. You, you're giving me some Superman three vibes here. Of Clark, Clint, Clark Kent sort fighting of, uh, dark yeah, Superman yeah. in the in yeah. a yard in a gun, oh, trash yard. Yeah. 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 That's, that's not a bad thing for me, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, I will. No, that scene, oh, that scene is fantastic. It is, um, yes. But yeah, so I get to, you know, get to use that footage. You know, we've got that there and try to cut around. I'm pretty sure there's a way I can just cut around Palpatine. So it's basically just like they're fighting obvious, you know, bad things. They triumph. We come back. Uh, you know, Ray leaves. Ben is like, what the fuck was that? And then we get to the final scene of the movie. Ben is. Uh, still on Endor, still, you know, looking out on the, on the waves, just being like, man, what the, what the hell turns around Han's there. Han comes up to him. He's like, uh, Ben, you know, I need you to come home. He's like, uh, it's too late. You know, and Han's like, you know, Kylo Ren is dead. My son is, is not, uh, you know, he, he walks up to him. And, uh, he says, uh, you know, it basically sort of, it essentially goes through that scene with a bit of a, uh, with a bit of a swap. I think he goes, uh, you know, it, it ends or, or it, it builds up to Han, you know, being right in front of him, him putting his hand on, on Kylo's or on Ben's face saying, you know, you can come home, you can do it. And so Kylo turns, throws the, throws the lightsaber, turns back. And then he's like, dad. And Han's like, I know. And that's it. That's the end. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we don't have the sort of traditional, you know, like Star Wars group stuff, um, which would be really tough to do with Han anyway. Right. Cause he never, right. Like logistically, I mean, even, I guess there's a way you could maybe mock that up, but I was like, nah, I, that's outside of my my purview. But once I got to that scene, I was like, nope, that's that's kind of it. Like that's the best, and it's a really like it's a really really good scene. You know, Driver nails it. Harrison Ford really, it's just it's so good. You know, um, 
and uh yeah that's that would be the end of it so very interesting yeah. very interesting um i feel like i have questions that could go on all night so yeah. i'm just gonna i'm gonna cap them here um, okay i do want to say though that there there's a lot of stuff in there that i think streamlines everything and if the purpose was to streamline i i I think you'll accomplish that purpose the thing that i will somewhat push back i don't want to say push back i mean um, my one of my problems with the prequel trilogy Mm -hmm. is that we never spent enough time with the characters that were native to the prequel trilogy like a lot of that trilogy is spent with Obi Wan, Yoda, and Anakin, who were all established before those mm. films, mm-hmm. and I think that with this edit, you're getting less Poe, Finn, and Ray. And I know why that is, mm-hmm. but I feel like one of the things that I was hoping after the Last Jedi was that there would be this establishment of these characters as the as the new norm. Star Wars films mm-hmm. and I think that this somewhat pushes that a little bit away in favor of cleaning up the story again I'm not yeah. saying it's it, I'm not saying it, it, it has to be the other way it's just that <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah 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 totally it's a consequence of the edit yeah yeah you're killing me man you're killing me I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm no, no 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 that's that's totally valid um and it's you know, I mean, I, I went in, first of all, this is a work in progress. I mean, I barely started sort of working on it and even logistically it's still, you know, somewhat in flux. I'm going, you know, just like, uh, I don't want to say emotionally on this, but I'm just going by, yeah, that feels, that feels good. That feels, you know, right. And again, my connection with the, you know, the star Wars stuff is obviously different than, you know, than, than other, uh, folks, but, um, uh, but yeah, that is a valid, uh, critique. Uh, no, no, that's totally valid. And, you know, there are tons of other, <laughs> there are tons of other fan edits, uh, you know, out, out there. Ah, that sounds, uh, like I'm. No, no, no. Uh, 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 what I think is, is important about what you've said throughout this is that I think sometimes people like me tend to look at these edits as a solution to a problem, mm-hmm. whereas it's not. It's just a restating of the problem differently. Like you're you're, you're never going to really solve everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and even sometimes they're not even a problem. They're not even trying to solve a problem. Um. They are, you know, an exercise, uh, and they are, you know, a limited exercise. I would love to have more, you know, Finn stuff. Uh, and that's actually one of the things I really like about the, the sequel, uh, trilogy. Uh, I guess also the prequel trilogy, these movies are really, really well cast, right? So your sequel, uh, group of, you know, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and, uh, um, Oscar Isaac, uh, I, you know, I, I thought they were really good. Um, I'd love to see more stuff, 
you know, uh, uh, with them. Um, it could have been a real disaster, but, uh, they, you know, they, they have real chemistry together and, and, and stuff. Um, it just, uh, and, and, you know, going into this, you start off with a certain premise, um, and then you try and to sort of go naturally from that in a way that maybe even when they were making the actual movies, they didn't go as naturally from certain points as they, you know, as they should have, especially when they got to rise of Skywalker, I feel like any sort of logical sort of if X, then Y that you would, those sort of decisions that you would make if you were actually just sort of doing a movie in, in terms of like writing and plotting stuff out, those were subsumed by, we need to do X, we need to do Y to satisfy this particular thing and that particular thing. And I think the movie, uh, I think Rise of Skywalker as a whole suffers, um, suffers from that. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Remember you and I were going to talk for a half hour tonight? Well, I don't remember there actually being uh I think you just said short. I don't remember there being a time limit on it. Uh yeah. I, I I never said short. <laughs> I was okay. trying to make I when, whenever, whenever I am I am talking to people to be on podcasts, <laughs> I always try and tell them how short we can make it if they need to, right? Oh, so yeah. like so yeah. I said to you like give me a half hour of your time and I'm good. I'm not yeah. upset we spent 90 minutes on this. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm very happy we spent 90 minutes on this, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, we had we had planned a different a different night yeah, yeah. for ourselves, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This was this was uh, this was good. So you you have yeah. to promise to come back on when when you're done with the edit. Oh, I will never turn down an opportunity to talk about uh, stuff that I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in specific, or in or in in uh, you know in general. Uh, but yeah, having that may another impetus for me to actually uh you know see this thing through because that's the other thing these things are a lot of work um yeah especially like rotoscoping like just on just the technical aspects of it it's fun to like think of oh it would be nice it'd be lovely to put this here or to you know paint a rotoscope out hucks from this particular shot but actually doing it oh it's a pain in the ass oh it is it's a labor of love does not come close so the fan edits that really work the ones that that uh, uh, you can tell somebody really put the time, or some people, I should say, very few of these things are really the work of of just one person. Um, it's it's so uh, in some ways inspiring, I guess, um, but it's also uh, a testament to their you know love of the material um, because these things they don't magically happen. Uh, you know that's not how the <laughs> that's not how the force works. Which <laughs> is actually another line I'm going to miss. Uh, I love Ford's delivery of that's not how the force works, right. you know, and even even Finn's before that is like, you know, we'll use the force and and just I'm not going to have I'm, I mean, the scene will still be in there. I'm not dumb enough to to clip that, but I, I'll, I'll not have the line reading right. um, of of uh, of that. But, uh, you know, sacrifices have to be, you know, have to be made, I guess. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for uh, before we get into the, the outro. Thanks for letting me ramble on oh, of uh, about, about this, this great. thing and and sort of road test this uh, 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 this idea. You are literally the first person who's actually uh, sort of heard it uh, in its quote unquote entirety. Uh, right, and so, so you, uh, 
you didn't uh, start uh, yelling or screaming. So maybe I got uh, maybe I got something right. So well, here here is my most important question so far. Uh-huh. Do you have a name for it yet? Well, uh, Ashes of the Empire was sort of if it was going to be two movies, the first things I thought of was Ashes of the Empire and then The Last Conflict for the second part. Okay. Um, but like, if I do it as if I do if it ends up being like one movie, I don't know if I would use Ashes of the Empire for sort of both halves of it. Um, so there are a couple of different working titles, I guess, depending on sort of what form it eventually takes. You know, does that make sure. sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ashes of the Empire has a real like '90s expanded universe tone yeah. to it. Uh, I almost wanted to call it The Empire Strikes Back, but I hear that's taken. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, little little uh, title humor there. Um, yeah, Ashes of the Empire was the first thing that uh, that came to mind, but it doesn't have quite the like. I like it, but it doesn't have quite the punch, you know, um, or sort of the 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 verbness to it of you know, strikes or revenge or attack um, because it is a very sort of active kind of, uh, you know, kind of plot. Um, but we'll see. I'm also horrible with titles. so. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, if you have any thoughts of what Greg should call this edit, he is on Twitter at Greg Matasevich. You can mm-hmm. listen to Greg twice a week on Robots from Tomorrow, our flagship podcast. Mondays mm-hmm. are the pull list episodes. Thursdays are deep dives into things like the previews catalog, book club picks, general discussion, interviews. Greg and Mike are the best. Listen to that show if you're not currently doing so. Uh, it's at every Monday and Thursday. So you're getting them twice a week. You're only getting Force Ghost twice a month. Although this, this month you're getting it at least three, maybe four, depending on schedules, um, which is fun. And um, this is now we are fully into the first day of the Festival of Lightsabers. So go to multiversitycomics.com. There are giveaways every single day. We've got books. We've got Funko Pops. We've got some good stuff going on. So make sure to enter those giveaways. We want to give you free Star Wars stuff. Take it from us, please. Uh, <laughs> and remember, as all, uh, remember, the force will be with you always. Always.